Welcome to You News, the podcast using the power of Univision to bring the news that matters to you in English. Today is Friday, May 28th. I'm Andrea Linares. These are today's headlines. Remembering the lives lost after a gunman opened fire on co-workers killing nine people in Northern California. Senate Republicans torpedoing a move to investigate the January 6th insurrection at the United States Capitol building. And millions here in the U.S. expected to hit the skies and the road ahead of what could be the biggest travel weekend in over a year. This and much more today on U News, transmitting live from our newsroom in Miami. There's major news out of Washington today. The Senate voting against forming a special commission to study the deadly insurrection on the United States Capitol building. Senate Democrats not getting the 10 Republican votes they needed to push that investigation forward. Edwin Pitim is in Washington, D.C. with more on these developments. Edwin. Andrea, the creation of this independent commission had been approved in the House, but with a 54 to 35 vote, it failed to pass the Senate today. GOP senators blocked the investigation by following Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell's lead, who said that a commission would not shed light on what happened back in January 6. Democrats failed at convincing 10 Republican senators to approve the legislation that was set to create the commission. Republican lawmakers argue that all of this is just an endless Democratic-driven pursuit of former President Donald Trump. Only six GOP senators voted in favor of it. Among them are Mitt Romney of Utah, Susan Collins of Maine, Ben Sasse of Nebraska, Rob Portman of Ohio, and Lisa Murkowski of Alaska. This last one telling reporters that the decision facing senators is about more than just one election cycle and added that Republican senators want to be upset, don't want to be upset, but that it's important that there be a focus on the fact and on the truth. Many are angered by the lack of Republican support, especially family members of officers who died after the attack to the Capitol. Gladys Signick and Sandra Garza, mother and partner of late officer Brian Signick, held meetings on Capitol Hill with 16 senators pleading for support to the legislation, but they were not successful. Take a listen. I think it's uh, very disturbing that anyone would not want to support this. I mean, why would they not want to get to the bottom of such horrific violence? Um, you know, they are here today and with their families and comfortable because of the actions of law enforcement that day. Um, so I don't understand why, would they, why they would resist getting to the bottom of what happened that day and fully understanding how to prevent it. It just boggles my mind. The irony is that even Mitch McConnell had praised Brian Sicknick on the Senate floor, and for that reason, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer closed a session calling out Republican, saying, quote, shame on the Republican Party for trying to sweep the horror of that day under the rug because they are afraid of Donald Trump. And now, Andrea, because of this, many are calling on the Senate to get rid of the filibuster to protect our democracy. Live in Washington, D.C., Andrea, back to you. Have a good weekend. Thank you, Edwin. You too. Have a great one. And former House Speaker Paul Ryan criticized former President Donald Trump and his hold on the Republican Party in a speech Thursday night. Ryan warned the GOP about drifting from, quote, the core principles of conservatism. Ryan, a critic of the former president in the past, didn't mention Trump by his name, 
But the speech signals Ryan plans to outline a path forward for the Republican Party in the President Biden era. In his speech, Ryan also warned his fellow conservatives against being drawn into cultural battles with Democrats. And after weeks of touting the benefits of President Biden's proposed spending increases, the White House will lay out today the effects of his first budget plan on federal debt. The proposal will present an overall fiscal picture, including spending on major programs like Medicare, Medicaid and Social Security that were not included in his April preview. The New York Times reported Thursday that by 2024, debt would be larger as a share of the economy than it was during World War II. The campaign arm for House Republicans called Biden's reported $6 trillion budget plan insane. Progressives have defended Biden's plan. And now to California and the deadly rampage at a rail yard in San Jose just a few days ago. The shooter killing nine people before turning the gun on himself. In the last 24 hours, authorities releasing chilling details about that suspect's past while the community mourns the lives lost. Overnight, loved ones gathering to honor the nine victims who lost their lives in the tragic shooting at a light rail facility in San Jose, California. These aren't names to us. These are people... We know and we love and we've seen every single day of our working lives. And it really, really hurts down to the very core of our souls. All employees now identified, remembered by their colleagues and friends. Many of the victims were longtime employees, 20 and 30 year veterans. You know, we get up every morning safe in the belief that when we go to work, that we would come home to our family and our loved ones. That did not happen. This, as authorities are still looking for a motive behind the deadly shooting. Federal investigators are analyzing surveillance video like this one, showing the gunman calmly walking across the rail yard after already opening fire in one building and moving on to the next. And the sheriff says authorities discovered bomb-making material inside his locker at the rail yard. Inside were precursor things for explosives, ingredients for a device, actually, you know, detonation cords, things like that. According to the FBI, the shooter used three legally obtained and registered handguns in the shooting. And even more troubling details, a Department of Homeland Security memo stating that the shooter had been detained in 2016 by border officials after a trip to the Philippines. He was carrying books about terrorism and fear and manifestos, as well as a black memo book filled with lots of notes about how he hated the VTA. Also, an ex-girlfriend saying the suspect exhibited major mood swings as a result of bipolar disorder. The sheriff's office says detectives will continue conducting interviews and reviewing evidence in hopes of finding a motive. Right now, demands for action on gun violence are echoing from California to Washington. Americans excited for a very different Memorial Day weekend gathering and enjoying a return to pre-pandemic life. Millions of people expected to hit the skies and roads with cities across the country fully open for business and welcoming visitors. Lorraine Caceres brings us the story. 
It's officially the biggest holiday since the start of the pandemic. We've all been longing for some time away, some time to do um, the things we love with the people we love. Cities across the nation open for business and millions of Americans vaccinated eager to travel. Over this holiday weekend, we are expecting 65 to 70,000 passengers per day through our checkpoints. AAA expecting a 60% increase in travelers compared to last year. AAA forecasts 37 million people are going to travel by plane, by car, by bus. Airports around the country offering the single-dose Johnson & Johnson vaccine before they fly. California gearing up for what's expected to be a busy summer season. The governor joining in on the new trend, offering 12 million eligible Californians to get vaccinated in exchange for money. But for those who choose to remain unvaccinated, the CEO of one of the largest U.S. airlines says he doesn't think the American air industry will ever mandate passengers to be vaccinated to fly. I don't see us ever mandating in the U.S. travel system vaccinations as a requirement, maybe internationally, though. Meanwhile, the CDC reporting that since the start of the pandemic, the actual number of COVID-19 infections in the U.S. is closer to 115 million, or one-third of all Americans, not one in 10 or 33.2 million as currently recorded. The good news is right now, cases, hospitalizations and deaths nationwide are still declining. The agency saying they will continue to fall over the next four weeks because more and more people are getting vaccinated vaccinated. And although numbers continue to track in the right direction, the CDC is warning that they are expected that the death toll due to COVID-19 rises to about 606,000. That means that by June 19, that means that between now and then, they're expecting 12,000 more Americans to die due to COVID-19. Andrea, back to you. Thank you, Lorraine, for that report. And some good news for travelers. Cruising is coming back to the U.S. next month. Celebrity Cruise Lines has been cleared to sail from Fort Lauderdale in June. The Royal Caribbean Group-owned company's inaugural post-pandemic journey departs June 26 on the Celebrity Edge. The CDC requires all cruise lines to complete trial cruises that replicate real-world conditions or require that 95% of the passengers and crew be vaccinated against COVID-19. Celebrity has opted to require vaccination proof for all crew and passengers over 16 years old. Norwegian Cruise Lines threatened to pull out of Florida earlier this month due to Florida's law that forbids businesses from requiring customers to provide proof of vaccination. A federal judge ordered CDC and Florida state officials to try to resolve that matter in mediation earlier this week. And with so many people making vacation plans, now that cities and states have relaxed COVID-19 restrictions, a severe worker shortage may bring delays to those travelers. Joining us now to discuss this is Peter Ritchie. He's the director of the Hospitality and Tourism Management Program at Florida Atlantic University. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Peter. Welcome to You News. Thank you so much. So, so this, is, uh, this is both a very exciting time because everybody's traveling and happy to get out of the house and back on the road and in the air. And at the same time, we've had somewhat of a, a mass exodus of workers in the hospitality industry across the country. Uh, South Florida is particularly hard hit right now. 
And um, there are various factors. Um, you know, it's a combination of unemployment insurance benefits and stimulus. That's one chunk. Family duties, caregiving, um, children in school, multiple reasons. And many have found jobs outside the industry during the past year while they, the hospitality business shut down. So it's a combination of factors. Can you give us some examples of how this is affecting travelers per se, or what advice do you have for travelers when they arrive to a hotel or restaurant and perhaps are going to face some delays? Absolutely. I, I've been telling anyone who asks to do your due diligence, uh, call the hotel in advance, uh, call the airline or the, even the restaurant, make sure that all outlets and services are open at the times that you wish they are. And um, just ask them to be transparent with you. If it's going to be a lengthy check-in, know that in advance. If some of the restaurants within the hotels are closing earlier or not operating on certain days, they should be able to tell you. The hotels, restaurants, cruise lines, airlines, they're all doing their best to seek staff and to find new creative ways to get the talent back. But in the short run, there are indeed issues. Uh, travelers have been somewhat patient because they're just excited to be back out and traveling. But uh, as you know, patience runs thin. So I'm asking everyone that I know who is going on the road, especially this weekend, to be patient and to call ahead and make sure that it's the scenario that will work for you and your loved ones when you get there. Now, rental cars are also scarce. Most rental car agencies having sold off their inventory during the pandemic because of a steep drop in business. What's your advice for travelers when it comes to cars? Because we also see gas prices just going right up. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a flurry of activity, isn't it? So it, the car rentals are indeed in shorter supply because many organizations did sell off parts or a majority of their fleets. Uh, supply and demand. The, the rates are up. Again, shop early, plan ahead, and uh, you may just need to use uh, shared services when you get there of Lyft or Uber if there isn't a car available in the geographic area you're going to. On the hotel side, many have also mentioned increased prices. A lot of that has to do with the labor shortage. If you can't clean every room in your hotel, you might leave some dirty and just sell the ones that you have and roll them to the next day. So that causes the remaining rooms to have higher prices. But we've seen a, a tremendous increase in car rental prices in the short run. Again, everything will dissipate over the next six to nine months. We'll get back to international travel at the same time. But in the short run, anyone who wants to get on the road and make that trip, plan ahead, call and ask for transparent information. It'll save you some headaches when you get there. That's what I was going to say. Boy, are we going through a major headache when it comes to traveling or just relaxing. Now, what lessons will the travel industry take after the year they've been through? It's, it's, not, it's time for what I call soul searching. Uh, people have told us that work in the industry, they're looking for some type of different benefits, compensation, uh, work styles. Uh, everyone will travel. Travel has you know, moved forward for decade after decade. So we have to do a little bit of soul searching in our industry, find the right mixture of profits, guest satisfaction, employee satisfaction, and make it work. And we will. We emerge from every crisis very well, and we'll do it again post-COVID-19. I'm excited. I'm traveling this weekend, so 
I'm prepared. I called ahead, and I hope you are as well. <laughs> I'll be staying locally at home. Now, when do you anticipate the travel industry to go back to pre-pandemic levels, perhaps Christmas or later? I would think uh, in-state travel and in-country travel will rebound as it is already so quickly that the numbers will show great improvement. I expect large conventions and conferences to really hit the ground running quarter one of 22, as well as international travel to be probably close to its normal status by summer of 22, but on the increase uh, over the next six months steadily as different countries open and different patterns emerge internationally with, with ebb and flow of the traffic. So we will get there. Florida is an early adopter. We were perceived as safer. We have great outdoor activities. And so we've rebounded much faster than many other locales. We'll get there slowly but surely. Thanks so much, Peter Ritchie of Florida Atlantic University. And have fun this weekend. Stay safe. You too. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you. And another coronavirus news, the Department of Justice has subpoenaed documents from an Eli Lilly plant that makes part of the pharmaceutical giant's COVID-19 antibody treatment. Two FDA inspections found problems with the New Jersey plant. The company previously told investors that, quote, there was never an impact on product quality. Eli Lilly and company said on Thursday that it's cooperating fully with the government's investigation. The FDA revoked the emergency use authorization for the treatment to be used on its own. The reason? It didn't work as well against widely circulated variants of the coronavirus, but it can still be used in conjunction with one of the company's other antibody treatments. More of you news after this short break. Imagine a daily newscast that speaks to you about your world in plain English. Each weekday, we partner with Hispanic America's most trusted news source to bring you the stories from home and abroad that matter to you. The Senate will turn itself into a courtroom. The private border fence is being installed. A police officer and three people were killed inside a Jewish supermarket in Jersey City. You News covers the news of your world and makes it easy to understand. Your world, your news. You News on Fusion. Welcome back to You News. A prominent civil rights group petitioning the White House for additional pandemic protection measures for detained migrants along the border. Jonathan Mejia brings us those details. COVID-19 vaccinations must be offered to detain migrants. That is the demand that ACLU is making to the Biden administration. The Civil Liberties Group says that the virus is spreading quickly in detention centers. In a letter to the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, the ACLU states that ICE's failure to ensure a coordinated vaccination strategy continues to put people in detention across the country at risk. El Departamento Federal que maneja las prisiones federales. The federal department that manages the federal prisons has a plan, and they have been vaccinating the people under their jurisdiction. We want to know why ICE hasn't done the same. During the pandemic, more than 15,000 positive COVID cases have been reported in ICE prisons, in addition to nine reported deaths. The ACLU filed dozens of lawsuits against ICE, alleging a lack of a coherent strategy. Having so many people constrained in the same space, it promotes the transmission of the sickness. That's why we should vaccinate everybody. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas indicated that the agency is looking for the government to give them their own batch of vaccines. 
so they don't have to rely on states to provide them. That is under review. This week, when asked about his plan, he said that they are reviewing it and studying it very carefully. But for migrant advocates, the delay is unacceptable because it is a matter of life or death. Reported by Claudio Seda in Washington, D.C., Jonathan Mejia, U News. Thanks for listening to U News, the podcast. Don't forget to follow U News on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review. And join us tomorrow for a new episode. Until then.